Welcome to Government Lovebot. The only podcast whose official stance is... Fuck. I don't know. I'm Tyler. I'm D. D I'm Nick. Welcome, gamers. Welcome, gamers. Yo, did that... Welcome, gamers. Did that kingpin racist gamer meme ever go out? Was that ever posted? Oh, shit. I don't think I did. Oh, no. I feel like you said, like... Nick, send that to me. I'm going to post it as soon as we're done recording this episode. Yo. I can't believe I forgot to post that. Man, I would... I would love to, bro. You don't even know. But you want to know the issue with that. Is it's it on my lap. No, Wait, it's on it my might laptop. Be yeah, it's it's somewhere in the Discord. But like, so guys, I'll, yeah, I'll find it later. So listeners, I have had technical issues this day. My Wi-Fi just said no question mark, and now I'm doing a jury rigged setup where I'm recording on my laptop with my microphone like normal, but I'm also in the call on my phone with a different set of headphones in my ears underneath my normal headphones. And, uh, That's yeah. Crazy. I don't even think I actually uh, need this other set of headphones. There's nothing I need to hear out yeah. of them. Well, uh, Nick, I will look through our chat and I will find that and I will post it for you. If you can't that's find it, that's, that was my mistake. Here, I found it. D to the fucking rescue. <laughs> Good shit, D. I don't think you worry. can just like reply to it and it'll it'll let me yeah. click on it and shoot shoot me back up to it. Let me try this. Uh, Honestly, it's not the greatest quality meme, but it was definitely inspired by I think it was one of our uh, Spider Verse episodes. That was like the Hey Kingpin, how's gamers? Ha! Racist. Yeah, yeah. We we're talking about the gamers yeah, being racist it. thing. Oh yeah, it was, I don't know. Pretty, pretty, yeah, pretty low I quality will. meme, but worth it, I think. I well, it will be posted. Don't you worry about it. You Thank glorious you soul. Uh, speaking of, uh, let's talk about really funny things. I, I'm a little opening topic for us, real quick. Uh, not too long of a topic. <clears throat> uh, I'm a big fan of the Nintendo GameCube. Big GameCube yo, guy. Um, yo, GameCube slaps, bro. And. And I've been on a quest to find all the really weird, junky accessories that Nintendo had been putting out for the GameCube. So one is the microphone, the GameCube microphone, which has only ever been used with like two Mario Party games, and that's it. Um, <laughs> and I have that. And the next one on my list that my friends have been dying for me to get is the old Donkey Kong Bongo controller, uh, which I do have here. It's in my hands. Uh, it is a literal plastic pair of bongos. Uh, it's I described it as two Skylanders portals duct taped together. <laughs> uh, it has it has one button, the start button, and it's just a pair of bongos. If you press down on the bongo pads, it sounds like there's buttons in there. So I'd assume that there's buttons under the pads, and that's how it works. But I genuinely do not know. Uh, they feel cheap, and if it wasn't for the tiny Donkey Kong sticker, you'd think that this was like a Wii accessory that I bought from Walmart. 
and uh, they cost me twenty five dollars. <laughs> um, and then uh, I also got along with it one of the three games that go with the bongos. Uh, there's three games. Uh, two of them are Donkey Konga One and Donkey Konga Two, which are rhythm games. They look bad. They look like a DS rhythm game. The third one is Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, which is a platformer that you play with the bongos. What? So, like, you press left bongo to run and double tap it to to uh to to uh go faster. And you can wall jump by going back and forth between the bongos. And then you could press both the bongos to make him punch. Uh, also, I found out <clears throat> that these bongos have a clap sensor. Uh, so sometimes you have to clap. I'm not going to do it because it's going to fuck up our sink. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to mercy Nick and I'm not going to do it. But you have to sometimes clap and it'll activate things in the game. And I was like, that is fucking insane. But what's even more insane is in the instruction booklet for Jungle Beat, it says if you get tired of clapping, you can just tap the gray bands around the bongos because the bongos look like barrels. So they have like gray bands going around the barrels. Mm -hmm. Um, You can tap those and it'll act like a clap, which like, what? (laughs) Like these things are like, the most bizarre thing I've ever held in my hands. And, like, I love them. The one thing that makes me worried is I don't know if I can play any game I want with them. I think it might only register as a controller for Jungle Beat, and that's going to make me real sad if it is. I mean, I'm still happy I own them, but I do want to play, like, Kirby's Air Ride with bongos. So you got to get, like, a technical hardware degree... So that you can then jury rig it up, like some people jury rigged the dance dance, the DDR pads from PS2 up to other games, and then th- bam, you're you're all set. Yeah, but like the crazy part is like like how would that even like work? Because I'm like it's like what two buttons and a clap sensor? Like what? <laughs> what am I gonna do with this shit? Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> all right. So here's what you gotta do. You gotta you gotta find a way to get it hooked up to your computer, right? <laughs> okay. With the <laughs> Dark Souls with the Donkey Kong Bro! I was just about to go typing on my computer, being like, man, somebody's probably done this. Like, this sounds like a thing the Dark I Souls can... community would do. I'm sure it is. I think, didn't somebody beat it with a Guitar Hero guitar? I believe that, too. Yo, also, you threw shade at, like, DS rhythm games, but I remember when Guitar Hero came to DS... Or like DSI or some shit, and it had like this add-on thing in the box that would be four of the the five buttons that you could then I like. Also tr- had this. You like I, you, I yo, also had this. Yo, I'm sorry, but like it sounds it sounds like the DS rhythm games went more in depth than the than the Donkey Kong Bongo. Oh, I wasn't trying to, like, diss those games. I was just trying to say it looked like one. Like, it literally looked graphic-wise like a DS game. Oh, that's game. fair. That's fair. <laughs> Yo, um, is also, next? I googled you... Dark Souls Donkey Kong bongos. The first result is a 2020 YouTube video of somebody beating the Nameless King with bongos. So, oh, my God. It's doable. That's baller. The Nameless King yeah. is a, a hard but a delightful boss fight. 
Yeah. So that's what's his, uh, like. What's his name? Though? He's, he's nameless. Let's give him a name. No, Steve. like, but like, he has no name. But like, let's let's give him. Really fun. Oh, Leonard. Steve. Oh, Steve also. Leonard. Steve, <laughs> I don't know. Leonard. I like Leonard. Leonard, and doesn't he have a horse? His horse can be Steve. No, he has a fucking whole ass wyvern, bro. Alright, that'll be Steve. Okay. Leonard and Steve. You know, but Beautiful speaking combo. of the, the Donkey Kong Bongos, uh, I can think of, uh, Nick, you, you wanted to talk about a game that, that uh, I can beat with the Donkey Kong Bongos, right? I did? <laughs> Yo, what? <laughs> I did not know this. Hooking up, hooking up no, the Donkey not, Kong not actually, bongos but, uh, to for Kingdom. For the sake of Yo. transition, for the sake the, of transition, let's assume I was going to. Yo, but like, but like, let's take it a little. Can we just think about that? How baller would it be to see someone go and defeat the lingering will with Donkey Kong bongos? It would be rather impressive. Just like. Let's go, guys. One of the hardest video I game bosses. I've got, got, got the, the I've got the soldering the tool. <laughs> so, Nick, why don't right. you tell us what you want to talk about? No, I refuse, actually. You guys can't know. I'm just oh, okay. going to talk about it and, like, hope you guys can get it. So, the first part of it... No, I'm kidding. So, I'm talking about Kingdom That's Hearts again, idea. guys. I, I, I kind of like that. I won't <laughs> Um, well maybe, well, maybe we'll do that one day where it'll just be like, guess our topic, I dare you. Um, but no, I'm talking about Kingdom Hearts. Again, yell at me if you will, but I'm having technical issues, and I know this series, like, the back of my hand. So naturally, I pulled up a list on my phone, because we're going to talk about just, like, the series as a whole, the naming conventions, and some of the wackiest things in in these games. For one that we mentioned was... Mickey being shirtless. I've explained it before in previous uh, episodes, I feel, but we'll save it for when I get there. So. Shirtless is Mickey Mouse's natural state. It's his natural state, bro. Like, it's just how it has to be. <laughs> Mickey Mouse likes to be tits out. That's what it is. Yo, he's, he is for the... <laughs> oh, boy! Mickey Mouse. <laughs> but we're gonna start at the beginning we're not doing we're not doing any like series in release order or anything because that's that's how like me and 90 percent of other people would be like you should play the games in that we're gonna go chronological order partially just to like see not necessarily where the world or like the series started but like what kind of what was the history of Kingdom Hearts before it was spiky haired anime boy with dog and duck? <laughs> so we go way back, guys. Back to Japan, back to the days of Yahoo being big. I <laughs> never mind. Um, but there was this there was this browser game called Kingdom Hearts Key. And it's not key like like a house key, it's key as in C H I or X. Why? Because. Don't ask questions. That's them's, them's reasons. But that starts with the Keyblade War. Like, 
we got Xehanort later on being like, I will start the Keyblade World War and like Dream Drop Distance and shit. But like this was an actual war between five different factions of thousands upon thousands of Keyblade wielders that quite literally wiped themselves off the face of the planet all but one. Now, kind of a little bit back from, from the Keyblade War itself, there's a movie called Back Cover, and this explains the, like, the events leading up to the Keyblade War that you play in the browser, um, Japan-exclusive computer game. The, like, it, it explains the, what the heads of each faction are doing, what's going on with them. There, it's a movie, it, there's some excellent anim, uh, fight scenes and animation in it, I actually really like this movie, even though the movie doesn't do a whole lot that we didn't really know. It's just kind of like, it's kind of like Dragon Ball Z, I feel like, just seeing badass Keyblade fights, man. Like, that's that feels like where it's at. That's all you need sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it, it's honestly, I enjoy it. It does, it does give us a little bit more of the tantalizing details back when we were leading up to King Hearts 3. But overall, I remember seeing the movie and just be like, wow, this is cool and I like this, but like, what's happening? Like, that's actually significant. Okay, not a whole lot. Let's move on. So, that, remember that browser game that I just mentioned? That got remade. It got done again but on phones this time, and it's called, well, it was originally called um, Unchained Key, but now it's called, well, then it got renamed to Union Cross, which is still the same X that is Key and the other one, but they just decided to be like, now it's Cross. Yeah. Essentially, this game is deadass, like I said, just a remake of the browser game, except it does do things where it actually advances the story from that browser game, where, like, all of the, the Keyblade Wielder you're playing as is the sole survivor of the Keyblade War, and they're like they're like laying there dying, and these other P other Keyblade wielders that were like sucked off the factions to make this new micro faction are like calling from a data realm and you're sucked up into it. Things happen that pretty much play out the Keyblade War again and other things, and then the entire world explodes. And we move on. Yeah. What's next is an, is an out, though. What's up? Uh, I was going to say, you know, I, I knew some things about this series going in, and I forgot how insane it is. <laughs> right? Um, and, like, I, I, I really like the... About, so. I have a question about the phone game, like, the, the browser game to phone game. Is this phone game still accessible? This phone game is still accessible, however, it is not like, it was a kind of a live service game where they were updating as the story went, and you were able to, um, pseudo have multiplayer where there would be like, it was kind of like an MMO where they, there'd be these raid bosses, and you and the other people in your guild could go fight these raid bosses. However, you just kind of show up, do it, and then when you died, your damage would stack onto everybody else's. But you could still play and like play through the story mode and get all those. And it actually is part of something that's going to be mentioned very briefly. Not next, though. I would recommend it. The story is actually wild, but, like, a lot of people say that um, Union Cross or Unchained Key, whatever you want to call it, is actually one of the, if not the best written story 
in Kingdom Hearts. And I feel like part of that comes from like you you make your Keyblade wielder. That that is you in that world. And you get to really like vibe with that. You get to go through the story and be like, yeah, I want to help these fucking Aladdin again or, or some shit like that. And it really does have a lot of like great moments that I would recommend just experiencing. Sadly, they, they closed it down. But there's another phone game coming out soon, and that's actually next in the timeline. So after the world explodes and this um, other faction that was supposed to save it kind of failed, the heads of those of um, of. All right. So the faction went off, did that a world thing that split off into the five factions that they were before they got sucked out of the factions to be these new p dudes called the D Dandelions. So the leaders of each of those factions, some of them survived and went on to restructure the exploded world into, uh, I believe it is Scala at Kylum, which is, sorry, minor spoilers, D, but this, it is seen in, uh, Kingdom Hearts 3, but it is like a past version of it before, um, a lot of what we see in Cage 3. This game- Is all this, like, still in the world with all the Disney characters? Yes. Like, is and it this really, is, like, was there this huge war and, like, Mickey Mouse was, like, a baby? Yes, actually. And something that's actually a little bit surprising, this is back before the... I, I'm pretty sure it had to do with, like, the Keyblade War or something like that actually shattering the worlds. But, like, in Kingdom Hearts, you go from world to world. You go from, like, Wonderland to Deep Jungle to... um to Twilight Town. They're all separate worlds divided by this big space that is dubbed the Gummy Space. Except, they weren't always like that. They were once one one big-ass world where, like, I don't know why they use, like, portals to go between them, but in theory, you could just travel between these different, like, Disney lands rather than Disney worlds. Could I you imagine, like, Mickey Mouse's parents, like, died in the war? That'd be so. That'd be <laughs> wild. The, the reason I say that is because all I can think of now is is a meme of Mickey Mouse standing next to uh, Raphael. And he's just like, "This is where I watched my parents die, Raphael." And Raphael's just like, "Cow a bummer." <laughs> Cow a bummer, bro. That's an actual real meme, except it's Batman. There, he's just like, "This is where I watched my parents die, Raphael." And Raphael's just like, "Cow a bummer." What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> It's from a crossover comic, I think. <laughs> but yeah, it's so, so funny. <laughs> this <laughs> there's a restructured world. Sorry about that. No worries, no worries. There's just <laughs> nonsense in this game, and I feel like something like that could and should happen. But this this restructured world is what we will see in Kingdom Hearts Missing Link, the now in development. Kingdom Hearts uh, phone game that takes some of the stuff that was used in Kingdom Hearts Unchained or Union Key Cross, whatever you want to call it, and like builds upon it and gives it more of like that Kingdom Hearts action styled combat because we want that on the phone. I'm just dying for it. I mean, it may be pretty cool and I'll probably play it because like Kingdom Hearts, bro, what am I gonna do? Say no. But like it's it's just funny to be like, well the last the last mobile game we ended up having to shut down after after we finished our story and things started dying down. Let's make another one. 
Mm-hmm. So when is wait, sorry? When is this this next mobile game supposed to be out? I'm pretty sure it's in like beta testing or something in Japan right now. Um, I don't think oh, we have like. Call it a beta. <laughs> I don't think it's actually it's actually has some sort of release date yet, but it is in in like testing or just recently gotten out of testing, and they're they're trucking along. And honestly, it looks pretty nifty. It seems like a cool action update, like I said, from the Union Cross mobile game. It's just funny to be like, yeah, Kingdom Hearts phone game part three. Because guess what, guys? The next game in the timeline is a yet another mobile game. Hmm. How many mobile games does this series have? Yo, if we, yo, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, once we get to the point of the last one, I'll give you the final count. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, um, this one is called Dark Road, and this game centers on Xehanort. It's kind of criminal they put it on a mobile platform, just like the Union Cross story. However, it's nice to see Xehanort and Ericus in training. They're in the Scala Ed Kylum that we know of, like, now, from Kingdom Hearts 3. They're training with all these people. And, it's spoilers, I'm sorry, D, if you care, but Xehanort is you! Just like how when you're playing Sora, you are Sora, Xehanort is the player character reincarnated from Union Cross into Xehanort, screaming and sad about watching all of his friends and masters die, and all that stuff. So, have fun with that, realize that you were the cause of the problems in all of the Kingdom Hearts games, and just sit with that. I mean, I'm the cause of the problem no matter where I go. (laughs) No, D. This isn't true. You're not norting people. I might have. You don't know. Fuck. Some people. Fuck. I don't. I don't know. But yeah. Long story short, um, most people die in this in this game. Like it's actually pretty dark, like the name suggests. And we kind of. I don't know where we leave off. I don't remember if like the story fully has come to an end yet. But. Like, it's kind of kind of brutal, and we see how Xehanort can kind of become who he is by this next game that I'm going to mention. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. And I do really like the art style of Union Cross and Dark Road, because, like, it's this really simple but aesthetically pleasing art style that, like, I, I wish there was, like, a 2D kind of, like, console or not mobile but, like, handheld console type game. Like, I would take this type of game on the Switch or, like, if if there's other mobile consoles that come out, like, I would, I would take that 100%. Feels like it'd be right at home on something like the Game Boy or the DS without being brutally ugly like uh, 358 over... T- Three, five, eight days over two was. Um, maybe okay. Really quick, while while we're on the topic of three, five, eight over two, uh, subtitles. Uh, how do you feel about a live action? No, dear God. You direct. No, I don't want to. Di- no, no. If I'm giving this movie, I'm putting it in the trash burying it, and then it taking whatever money I'm given, and going to the nearest animation studio and begging them. Like, please, I know it's five shekels, but you gotta do this right. I just could not put this on live action. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. Studio Ghibli do it. Yo, a Kingdom Hearts Studio Ghibli movie with like the dark Studio Ghibli fucking like themes and undertone. Ooh, ooh, give me that. I would, I would cream from that. Not gonna lie, like my loins would be frothing. Okay, well, uh... <laughs> all right. The next game is our first of the handheld games. Now ported to console, like they should have. Um, this is Birth by Sleep. Um, this is kind of like really the start of some of the the wackier naming conventions. Like back cover, Union uh back cover was like, all right, I get it. Or Unchained Key, that one didn't really make sense, but like it got the vibes right. Union Cross kind of made sense because well, one the cross also stands for key. But like the the factions were called unions, so like it felt it felt like it. Dark road really makes sense because it's it's the dark road that you as the you the player character and Xehanort are walking. These these all have like at least loosely thematic like relevance. Birth by Sleep has thematic relevance, but only for people that like really live, eat, breathe, and shit these games because it is referring. To, uh, I'm pretty sure Ventus's birth by sleep, i.e., him sending his heart over into Sora, as who's like four years old at this point, being like, Hey, bro, like, I got really fucked up in this last battle, and I know you're a child, but like, your heart's really bright and warm, so I'm just gonna chill here. Good night. <laughs> and it's just kind of wild. This is like <laughs> One Piece for Disney fans. <laughs> right it's it's just all over the place but i would say one piece probably i if i didn't say this i'd get stabbed one piece probably has more like intentional interconnectivity and things like that whereas like kingdom hearts I just feel like the unintentional ones are even funnier <laughs> that's even fair. better it's <laughs> But yeah, so that happens. Birth by Sleep refers to that. This game we follow Aqua Bear, Ventus, and Terra as they are like uh, Keyblade trainers under Ericus. Things go wrong with Xehanort. Uh, Terra ends up Norted. Aqua ends up in the Realm of Darkness. Ventus ends up Sleepy Boy with his heart in Sora. More on that later. That's the game. Now, just wait for this. This next game is partially partially here this is like halfway this game's a little bit finicky next we got kingdom hearts 0.2 birth by sleep a fragmentary passage this is aquas yep i'll say it again the bible kingdom hearts 0.2 birth by sleep a fragmentary passage now it all seems straightforward if not a little bit long-winded uh this is just like a short like three or four hour i don't want to say tech demo because it's not exactly a tech demo but it's kind of just to showcase how kingdom hearts 3 was going to be but nomura just could not just do like a random demo he just couldn't take it so he made the game relevant and this is now aqua's time in the realm of darkness this is here because aqua spends 10 years in the realm of darkness and or more than 10 years in the realm of darkness and at the end of the 10 years 
is when we come to the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, where there's Mickey shirtless, and it's because he got fucking punched. Punched so hard his shirt disappeared. Yo. Oh my god, he blew up his shirt. Uh, so yeah. This is where I lost my shirt, Raphael. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I think maybe part, part of this, uh, part of the story, like with the Mickey losing a shirt, might be in Kingdom Hearts 3. It's been a little bit since I've just gone through and played all these games. Sue me. (laughs) Alright. So, with the natural Mickey losing his shirt bit, because that was in the Realm of Darkness, we come to Kingdom Hearts 1, where they, Find a spiky-haired boy living on an island with two of his friends, and they want to go see more of the world, aka other worlds, because they gotta get a spaceship instead of a raft. Duck and Dog are introduced. Duck doesn't heal. They go through, save all these worlds, and discover Kingdom Hearts! At the end, they end up in the realm of darkness. Kingdom Hearts is light. Door sealed. Mickey Mouse shirtless. The end. Next is Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories, or Rechain of Memories. They're the same game that just decided to remake Chain of Memories. And simultaneously, 358 Days Over 2, because that's how you're supposed to say it, because 358 days of two people's stories. Congrats, the more you know. Uh, so... Sora became a Heartless in Kingdom Hearts 1, got brought back, and it's just like a a walking, talking heart at this point. He goes to a place called the Castle Oblivion, loses his memory, they're taken by a space witch. Not actually a space witch, but a witch. Um, go through a whole game, run into Riku, Dad Riku, and members of the organization. Game ends, Sora's going to sleep. At the same time, Sora's nobody, aka his body, his, his, his physical body, wakes up in Twilight Town. Looking like Ventus, because Ventus's heart is in Sora. See, I told you it'd come back. He goes, he joins the organization, because he's not given much of a choice. He lives mundane job, ends up killing his best friend, and cries about not having anyone to have ice cream with. <laughs> then he also gets kidnapped by Riku and thrown into a data, data Twilight Town. That happens. Next is Kingdom Hearts 2, boys. We wake up with, with Roxas. It's confusing as shit because 358 Days Over 2 has not come out yet. We don't know who this man is. He just lives his daily life beating shit up with a blue bat and sometimes a giant metal key. Flash forward seven days. The summer vacation ends. He wakes up spiky-haired boy and dog and duck. They go um, get new clothes and another keyblade, and then bip-bop, bibbly-doo all over the key, uh, <laughs> the Disney worlds, meet up with these organization dudes, do it again, because they visit the Disney worlds twice, canonically, in Kingdom Hearts 2, then go to a giant metropolis ancient city where they fight a dude wearing uh, bathrobes and a giant dragon made out of buildings. Game ends, they're on D- Destiny Islands, everybody's happy, the end. Yo, guys, I'm really killing it with these descriptions, I feel. You're flying through, and they sound insane, and I'm laughing about how actually <laughs> accurate they are. I was gonna right? say, they make more sense than if I played the games. <laughs> Next! You're saving a lot of time, too, Tyler. <laughs> and saving a lot of time just uh, yeah, listening to me right break it down. Yo, you could find, like, 
500 videos on YouTube that are like five hours long being like, this is Kingdom Hearts story chrono- chronologically. Okay. Break it down. Okay, so I got a question. What's up? When does Buzz Lightyear show up? Yo, we'll get to that. Don't worry. That's not the next one. That's at the end. I'll give you that spoiler. Because uh, I'm hearing a oh, lot yeah. of like Keyblade Wars and stuff, and it all sounds really cool, but like, when does the funny Buzz Lightyear guy show up? Yeah, don't worry. I'll make sure to mention uh, funny Buzz Lightyear guy be- just because of one line in that in that Disney World. It's important, I promise. <laughs> Next is the last phone game. So we're at four. Uh, we technically three out now. Going to soon be four mobile games, and that's Coded, which was then remade entirely, remade to go on the DS as Recode. No one asked for that. Just gonna say, this game, I, I broke this game down before. This game doesn't have a whole lot going on. While everybody is living happily on Destiny Islands, doing their own thing, um, Dog and Duck have gone back to the castle to live happily. Um, things aren't actually so happy at the castle. Uh, Dog, Duck, and now Mouse? Question mark? They're having issues with a book written by a cricket. This this book is causing issues, and they're like, wow, fuck, we should probably fix this cri- cricket-written book. <laughs> Say that five times fast. <laughs> we, we gotta fix this. So you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna digitize it. Because that's easy, I guess? Instead of just burning the book? I don't know. Don't actually burn books, folks. I'll, I'll hunt you down. So, so, so what, are they, what are they, like, scanning it into their computer? Apparently, they legit is that, just is like that, hook it up is to the, like. Is a the whole... game just like? Is the game just Mickey Mouse sitting at a desktop, slowly scanning page by page into his computer? Yo, that game would have been more important. I swear. Well, really, really quick, I just want to say they're media preservationists. They don't believe in burning books or throwing them away. So of course they had to digitize it first. Uh, you know what? Number, Big brain. Point number two, they just have like a like a like a CD drive that you could put a book. in. <laughs> Yo, if only. I love that. But yeah, they, they digitize the book. And not only do they digitize the book, but they, they digitize their very close friend, spiky-haired anime boy, and be like, hey, bro, you don't remember shit. Just do what you would normally do, right? So he's like, I'll build a ref. And they're like, no, not that. Grab the keyblade. And he's like, key what? And they're like, you're stupid. Here you go. He goes bib bops around all the Disney worlds that were present in Kingdom Hearts 1, except I think Deep Jungle, because there were copyright issues on that almost immediately after Kingdom Hearts 1, and it's never appeared again. Uh, he bib bops, uh, things happen, not really important things. Uh, spiky digitized spiky haired anime boy jumps out of the book and computer, startles cat, uh, not cat, mouse, duck, and dog. And they're like, well, oh boy, what are you doing here? And he's like, I don't know, I was following a cloak dude who turned out to be long hair, uh, pur- long purple haired boy that's friends with spiky anime boy. And he's like, you gotta do this. So he goes back in, goes around to Disney World, goes to Hollow Bastion, finds another spiky haired anime boy that's <gasps> gasp, Roxas, I guess. Yep, that's him. They they have fight. Um, the Mick Mouse goes, "Hey, bro, gotta gotta now delete all this shit because you fixed what was wrong with the 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 cricket written book." So thanks, dude. 
Goodbye to your memories. Also, Maleficent and Pete were there. They were saved by digitized spiky anime hair boy. All right. That's recoded. It seems like it's more important, the fact that it took more time. But it's not. I just wanted to roast it a little bit more. Get back up my list here so I don't lose my spot. Next! Is the next actually important game? And yo, before we get into it, this game threw me for a loop when I was a kid. I thought we had Kingdom Hearts 3. Want to know why? This game came out on 3DS and they called it Kingdom Hearts 3D. And my dumbass was like, <gasps> ah! Oh, I get it. It's Kingdom Hearts 3. And then the D stands for Disney. Yep, that's it. Not sure. for the fact, that, <laughs> not that it was a not only 3D game, but these fucking Nomura again had to do shit he didn't have to do, and he was like, "It's called Kingdom Hearts 3D. Why not we? Why don't we give our title 3Ds? So it's called Dream Drop Distance." And they went, "That's great. I'm happy with that." And it's like, it gets it because you're. You're in dreams, and you're dropping places, and I guess you're going a distance? Yep. That's it. Anyway. Uh, so, so what's up? going to distance? He's going He's, for speed. <laughs> is he all, he speed. is all alone. He is all alone. All alone. In his time of need. Which is actually great. That song should not line up that well. Alright. <laughs> Spiky-haired anime boy and long purple-haired uh, lad get calls from the mouse. There's a bottle washed up on shore, shore with a mouse symbol on it, and oh boy, who else could it be? How the fuck does this bottle get here if they're separated by gummy space? Gummy bottle? Gummy bottle, perfect. <laughs> so, they go to Disney spelled backwards tower, his house, and he's like, Hey guys, we gotta make y'all masters, so go wake up sleeping worlds. And they're like, what? Worlds can be asleep? And the says like, or Disney spelled backwards, like, don't question it, bro. So they don't. They go to sleep. They go bip-bop around a bunch of Disney worlds, like Pinocchio. The Three Musketeers, which brings back mouse, duck, and dog, amazingly. Uh, in Symphony of Sorcery, and probably some others. Uh, they get to the end. Keyblade War is about to happen. Mouse gets choked slammed. You don't see that shit in other games. Uh, turns out you, you Sora. Don't see many mouse is getting choke slammed in other games. That's no, you true. don't, bro. Like, like it's just a rare occurrence, man. Like, gotta give Kingdom Hearts points where they where they earn it, right? <laughs> So, turns out, uh, Sora didn't go anywhere, like, it's implied that they're both just sleeping in Yen Sid's tower, however, it doesn't seem like that's the case, that they physically went to these sleeping worlds. But apparently Sora didn't, he just, like, walked out of the tower and, like, fell over and Riku just left him there, and Sora almost fell to darkness to initiate Keyblade War Part 2, but with, like, 20 people, if that. Uh, long-haired purple boy saves spiky-haired anime boy. They dub long purple-haired boy a master because he actually stayed awake and did his job and said, Ha, spiky-haired anime boy, you fail because you went to bed. 
That's the game. We slide back over to 0.2 Birth by Sleep, a fragmentary passage, part of 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, because this game only came out as like a three-parter with back cover as the movie, Dream Drop Distance Remastered for PS4, and this game right here, which is also taking place now in modern day. This is where, like, Realm of Darkness, Riku, or uh, long purple-haired anime boy, and Mouse um, scurry about in the Realm of Darkness, and find Aqua, and all that jazz. Uh, really, like, it's pretty mostly just Aqua wandering around Realm of Darkness. She gets ignored at some point, and then found by long purple-haired anime boy and mouse. So, now we slide up to, and this is the one you were waiting for, Tyler. The long away to Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, yeah. Some, yeah, some people waited 12 years for this game, guys. Real trust. Promise. I waited 12 minutes. Is <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Suckers. Yo, I think. I didn't want Kingdom Hearts 3 until 12 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so this game, this might be might be the longest portion. Sorry about that. It'll still be quick. So, spiky-haired anime boy is uh, at Disney spelled backwards tower, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm weak. I'm a shrimp. I feel bad." Duck and dog there give him a pep talk, and yet Disney spelled backward ships him out the door. They sit in gummy ship for like two and a half hours, not knowing what to do. They're like, "Man." Then they go back to Olympus Coliseum, except it's not the Coliseum. It's fucking Mount Olympus. This world rocks. 10 out of 10 would play a million times over. Uh, so then they bip bop around some Disney worlds. Of note are Monsters, Inc. Frozen, I, I guess. They're like, not even, don't even, ignore my, my somewhat frozen bias from having to see it so many times, dude, my younger sister. This world itself sucks. We go to Tangled. World, world's kind of mid. It's pretty. Uh, did I say Monsters, Inc.? That world slaps. Good world right there. And, most importantly, what Tyler was waiting for, we go to the Toy Box! This is where we get... Let's go! <laughs> this is where we get overstuffed left arm cowboy man in plastic space ranger. And this world has the biggest roast ever. Where overstuffed left arm cowboy dude Tells one of the big bads, uh, the big bad that has like time stopping capabilities and is like fucking ridiculously overpowered in previous fights. He straight up looks at him and says, I bet no one's ever loved you before. And it's just like, holy shit. Woody just fucking murdered this guy. Like, game's over. Like, Woody just fucking killed this dude. Yeah, no, deadass. Like, there's there's this whole plot where like D Buzz almost falls to the darkness and Woody's Woody Woody does like the Chad spiky haired anime boy thing that happened in like Cage Two and was like no Buzz you can't and then roasts the shit out of Young Xehanort and it's, the world's over it's fucking great. Um, really quick, you what's guys up? Know who voices Woody in this game? I actually don't remember. I remember like seeing it and being like, "Oh, I I hope can do a good Woody impression." 
Uh, Tom Hanks's brother. Really? Yeah, he does. He does Woody's voice in pretty much all and on Toy Story movies. I actually love that. Enough. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of funny, actually. I like yeah. that. I thought that was pretty neat. That is actually really fucking neat. I love that. So now we get to like the real meat of this game because. Kind of like uh, Kingdom Hearts, I didn't really cover it, but kind of how Kingdom Hearts 2 is, Kingdom Hearts 3 is, like, really back half-loaded. So we go to the fucking massive graveyard. The graveyard where those tens of thousands, the hundreds of thousands of Keyblade wielders brutally murdered each other with giant oversized keys. Go back into the uh, spiky-haired anime boy goes back into the past fixes fuck-ups Then they go they have a war with 20 people count them 20 people. That's a war Kingdom Hearts said so you can't argue with me. There are badass fights all around We see people that are showing up and being cool as hell. It's awesome Then we come to final battle where we fight Zehanort the dude that Nort's people kick his ass win the game, and that's Kingdom Hearts 3. But during that, there is a DLC part where we play as spiky-eared anime boy, going back to the past and fixing things. Alright, next game. It's called Melody of Memory. Let me check that. I also don't know a whole lot about this one. Uh, but you will get... We play as red-haired anime girl? What? That doesn't happen. Uh, we go through rhythm game. And then I'm pretty sure it's either in the DLC itself or at the end, red-haired anime girl fights Zehanor. Don't ask how. That might be spoilery. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, game ends pretty much like that, if I remember at all correctly, which I probably don't. Anybody who's a fan of Melody of Memory, don't at me. Probably not gonna play it in like forever. It's gonna be like 10 years from now, and I'll be like, oh my god, this Kingdom Hearts game that I should play, I guess. And. Found it at the bottom of my closet. <laughs> yeah. I don't even own this Kingdom Hearts game, and like, that's embarrassing being like, I love Kingdom Hearts, but like, I was not a fan of Kingdom Hearts 2 Atlantica. I was not a fan of the ice cream rhythm game in Birth by Sleep. I don't need a whole game dedicated to that. I'm sorry, it's not necessary. Like, D, I know enjoyed Atlantica and KH2. Maybe this game would be right up their alley. But for me, I'm like, man, come on. Why you do this to me? I would try it. This, this game doesn't sound too bad to me. Yeah, it's, like, got its story relevant. Yo, I'll give you that. It's important in some ways. What but yeah, I, that's what if I don't play three and I do play this. I assure you, you'll probably be confused because I left out important reasons why you play as red-haired anime girl. I feel like it. This series would make just as much sense if I put all the games into a wheel and just spun it and kept playing the games based on what the wheel picked. Well, like it would probably make the same amount of is. sense. Well, like, yes and no, because, like, until you've played through these games multiple times, I feel, 
you're not going to entirely grasp, grasp the story. However, doing that, you're going to throw yourself for such a... You're going to be like... You'll land on, like, birth by a sleep and be like, oh, yeah, I'm playing as Ventus. This is great. And then you'll get, like, three, five, eight days over two and be like, is Ventus again? Okay. Oh, Roxas? So here's my, so here's my question, right? And, and I'm not trying to say, like like, one way or another. I'm just genuinely curious, right? Would you say that this is a good story? That's a lot of silence, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, silence is, it says a lot. You didn't you didn't hear my my sharp intake of of air, but um, there are definitely parts of it that are that are like excellent. Like, uh, I've covered it before. Three, five, eight days over two. Like, if you just played that game, that game would, like, slap. Like, the game, it's, the gameplay itself would get somewhat in the way of, like, you fully playing through it. But as you're going through, and if you get more sucked into it, you'll realize how the gameplay really supports the game. Like, the story. So that, that story itself is phenomenal. Covered why it's neutered as a movie. Uh, Chain of Memories is actually a pretty good written story even though i personally don't like the game itself like it was just so much better as a fucking game boy game why'd they make it a console game it kind of sucks now um the the whole of the the like uh the uh the browser and the unchained key union cross mobile game that i would say is like that's like peak Kingdom Hearts right there, as fucking awkward as it is to say that some of the best story writing is in a mobile game. As a whole, I don't know, man, there's uh, there's some rough parts. I didn't even mention, in Dream Drop Distance, There's they introduced time travel. Why? Because Namor wanted to bring back characters that he liked. That's pretty much it. And like, sure, it could be explained away. There's like a somewhat in Kingdom Hearts logic um, like, somewhat logical sense to it, but, like, time travel is just not a good thing to introduce in your, like, second or third to last game of the saga. It just doesn't work. It's just not a, not a good idea. If you take, like, just Kingdom Hearts 1 through Kingdom Hearts 2, which include Chain of Memories and 358 Days of 2, Chef's Kiss. So, like, kind of-ish? Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it's really like as a whole, the story is convoluted. Uh, the story is kind of paced weird, depending on like looking at the games. Um, they're just like if you're just playing the games and you're like you you play through chronologically. You start at birth by sleep. Ignore the mobile games. Those those are important to like the world and lore of the game, but not as important to like. The Xehanort saga, unless you count like Xehanort's whole dark road. Um, but like, if you start at Birth by Sleep, you're gonna end up spoiling a lot for yourself, which is really weird because like, I know a prequel in a sense spoils things, but it shouldn't be like a, it shouldn't be like so directly tied to the main piece of, of, of story material that it will spoil the like, actual story that's still currently being carried on. 
there's there's a lot of things that like as a whole Kingdom Hearts story is like mm, I mean like is it good? I don't know. But maybe we'll escape all that because the Xehanort saga with Kingdom Hearts three and Melody of Memory is over. We we don't have dudes going back in time using a heart that's in body that's in that time period already to nort people, which puts his heart in other places and time periods. We're not gonna have all that. We're not gonna have a dude being like, I will start the Keyblade War with 20 people. Like, that's not a fucking war. Dude, that's a battle. That's like just a okay. knockout brawl. Okay. In their defense, in like medieval times, that would have been like a war. I'll give it to them, but I won't when they're giant... Key, uh, metal key slinging uh, magic wielders. Like I'll gi- I'll give it to them that like that's fair enough. But like it just two people fighting would feel like a war to in like that type of time scaling. Cause like there's fucking magical explosions, fucking times being stopped and shit. These dudes are blasted all around the fucking battlefield. It's bonkers. Question, question uh, for oh, what's up? Oh, I, I was just gonna say, uh, how is there like time magic? Is there like can you like you can use it in battle or no? There was in Kingdom Hearts one, and they never brought it back back again, which is really criminal. Cause like Kingdom Hearts one, oh, as yeah. I'm growing older, Kingdom Hearts one slips, bro. They got time magic. They got gravity magic. They got magic to use for defense, bro. Like, there's such versatility and coolness in Kingdom Hearts 1. It's awesome. Remake that game, Square Enix. Y'all are cowards. Sorry about that. I I lost my cool there. I lost my cool there. (laughs) I was like, I just just creamed my jorts and boiled over my ears at the same time. Wild. Are you, wait, did you say jor- are you wearing jorts right now? I'm not. I was lying. Okay, I was like, I think we need to end the podcast. You're not allowed so, to wear jorts. Will you talk to me? So that was a fucking lie, jorts. huh? <laughs> my podcasting jorts. <laughs> my podcasting jorts. All right, lads. Before we close this out, I have my own question that is basically just Tyler's question thrown back at you guys, but we're a little differently. If Kingdom Hearts was entirely just what I said. Just the things that I said. Not not hundreds of hours of, of content, but just like what I slapped out there. Is that a good story? Is that is that great? Did you enjoy it's, it? It's, it's like it's <laughs> messy. It's convoluted. It's a little all over the place, but at its core, it it does have a pretty good story. Like, at its core, it's a pretty interesting story. It's just it kind of gets bogged down by it trying to do everything at once. Like, just be like, oh, I like this cool idea. Let's just add it to my story. And it's like, okay, you, you can't just, you're adding a lot of things to your story. It's like, oh, I think t- I watched Back to the Future yesterday. I guess we'll just add time travel now. And it's like, oh, no, <laughs> like, careful. Uh, really, I, I like think that that's pretty much the issue with Kingdom Hearts story. Like, I don't think anybody's going to deny that it's a solid story. It's just that they keep, I, I think I explained it once where I was like, instead of moving the timeline forward, they keep moving it out. They make the timeline fatter by having more stuff. 
instead of moving it forward. So now it's like kind of all clumped up and we're like <laughs> not very far in the story. Like in terms of like the main story, cause you know, it's all kind of clumped up cause we keep expanding out and expanding back. And it's like, Oh, that's just a little, it's a lot. Um, yeah. But yeah. I find it very interesting. It's got Buzz Lightyear in it. It's, it's funny. <laughs> no one's ever, I bet no one's ever loved you before. Fucking such a fire roast. Like, goddamn, Woody. God, chill out. Why Put the gun away. To me? I mean, he's <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Azula Woody sitting around the campfire. She thought I was a monster. She was right, but it hurt still. Anyway. D, your thoughts. I know you've, you're a Kingdom Hearts fan, but try to try to separate. Um, just imagine what I said in a story. You enjoy it. Was was that tantalizing for you? Would you go and play Kingdom Hearts now? Okay, if I'm being honest with you, uh, I'd probably get overwhelmed and say maybe I'll think about it and then not ever think about it because it would scare me and intimidate me. Uh, Fair. Yeah. Fair. There's quite a lot going on. <laughs> yo, yo, just like just like what Tyler said, where it's like, oh, I walked Back to the Future yesterday. I guess I'll add that into my story. Is like that really feels like what Nomura does. Like Kingdom Hearts is basically just his thing, where he can do pretty much whatever the fuck he wants because, like, he's the head director and always will be. Because I'm pretty sure he's one of the dudes that were like. That either first thought of it, or he was like the first dude that the dudes who thought of it went to, and he was just like smoking a cigarette. Yeah, I'll put Mickey Mouse in a Final Fantasy game, and it just kind of spiraled from there. I have a theory about media, uh, and I'm not like an expert in anything ever. I'm fact bad at most things, but. Here is my theory. Sometimes it's okay to not explain things and not add more to a certain element of a story. In fact, sometimes it's better for your story because it lets the viewer or reader or player or whatever kind of let their mind wander and figure it out for themselves. And theorize, like, I feel like theorizing is such a big part of games, especially nowadays with YouTube and shit. Clock's oh, ticking, Matt. Clock's ticking. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, theory is in, like, like, a general media theory, in that, like, you know, it's okay to let it be weird and confusing in anime logic every once in a while. Maybe, maybe let some confusing things just sit and be for a minute. Well, yeah, it's also, like... I think it's that's like, valid. I think it's also a thing where it's, like, you have to, you have to trust your... Your readers, your viewers, your gamers. Ha, race, I'm sorry. Um, you gotta trust these people to be able to like infer and get implications. Like, you can't, you can't really, when you're making a story, you can't really treat your audience like they are five year olds who can't even put a fucking square block in a circle hole or a square block in a square hole trying to smash it in the circle. Like, that's part of why, like, King, uh, not King Mark, uh, I've been huge on Avatar lately. I read the Kyoshi books, been sinking down that. But that's part of why that that series as a whole has become so big is because there's so much 
unsaid. There's so much that is shown to us, but not tell. And while that's not like the golden rule, like there are definitely times where you want to tell, not show, it is done at all of the important spots. You're not just dumped exposition on to be like, oh yeah, Sokka is sexist because uh, all of his, all of the men of his tribe went off to war and he was told that he has to be a man and protect his sister, blah, 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 blah. It's like, this dude is just being sexist at the start of the show, and then we get to see more and more about how families, how, like, all the men of his tribe have gone off, and we're also seeing how he grows out of that and, like, becomes more humble. And it's great. There's just so much that is implied and that you can just kind of pick up on on the vibes. That's important in story writing, I feel. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Like, all right. What last thing before before we cut off? An example from Kingdom Hearts. Something that it, like I let it it makes sense that it explained it, especially after all the the fans and shit being so confused for about it. But like when Roxas pops out in Kingdom Hearts two or three five eight days over two, whichever you play first, looking like Ventus. And you, like, you play those games, and you've played Birth by Sleep, and you see how Birth by Sleep ends. It right there, without, like, directly being like, oh, Ventus flew into Sora's heart, and that's why, it, like, he's chilling there, and it influenced, like, it doesn't directly explain it, um, or, fuck. Without directly explaining it, you can, you can infer that, like, oh, hey, Ventus, Shown and Sora, he showed up, his heart was all damaged, and Sora gave him a hug and shit, and the heart disappeared, implying when it's Sora. But then, like, later on, when Roxas pops out looking like Ventus, and some people are like, oh my god, why does that dude look like that dude? They have to go out of their way to be like, oh yeah, I'm pretty sure it's in Dream Drop Distance, this is more explained, but it's like, oh yeah, I'm you, and then they show, like, fucking uh, Broxus and Ventus and Sora in a circle, and then they show Shion. It's like, they go out of their way to try to explain all this stuff that's like, it didn't entirely need explaining. Like, we we're just big chilling before, dudes. And it's a lot of that is, like, it's unnecessary. You can just let us be responsible story ingesters. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, my my GLB talk. Fuck! Nice. I just clapped on myself. Yep, that's it. <laughs> well, if we're gonna talk about storytelling and video games, I've got something to talk about. Um, oh shit! So in the news recently is Scott Pilgrim versus the World getting an anime adaptation, and now I have never seen or played Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I have heard a lot about it. I know like a lot of what people think and say about it, but I myself have never seen it. So this week, this past week, I decided to sit down and watch Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and then a couple days later, play the game. So I'm going to talk about that. The game I'll talk to after we're going to go through it. I got a D review lined up. I took some notes during the movie like D. Um hey. So just call me T, am I right, guys? <laughs> God. Uh, so I took some notes. Uh, <laughs> I took some notes <laughs> while watching 
Scott Pilgrim versus the World, uh, the two, 2010 movie. So I guess we'll, we'll just get right into it. Um, all right. So my first note here is, oh, hey, it's Scott Pilgrim. I sure hope nobody tells the world that he's around or he's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh when the movie the uh, this movie keeps saying like right at the start that they're like Scott's dating a high schooler. They keep saying that. They keep saying like Scott's dating a high schooler. And I was starting to get really nervous with how much they were saying. Like they just kept going, Scott's dating a high schooler. I'm like, oh no, how old is Scott? And then they're like, Oh, Scott's set Scott's twenty-two and she's seventeen. And I was like, Okay, not ideal, could be worse. Mm, yeah, oh dear. Like, that's true. I mean, yeah, that's why I was like, okay, okay, I can, I, I'm not liking it, but it's better than nothing. Um, and his girlfriend's name is Knives, which I just wrote, cool. Uh, Knives is treated like she's 14, despite the fact that she's 17. Like, she's treated like a little schoolgirl, but she's 17 years old, and it's very bizarre. Um, especially during the early parts of the movie, but she seems nice. Uh, his roommate is gay Macaulay Culkin. Um, <laughs> it's not actually Macaulay Culkin, but it is a Culkin. It is one of Macaulay Culkin's brothers. Uh, but it is, uh, uh yeah, it's his roommate's gay Macaulay Culkin. Uh, I wrote here, Sex Babom is a baller band name, and I stand by that. Uh, Yo, unironically. So, uh, there's a. Oh, oh, go for it. Uh, I unironically listened to some of Sex Bob's music because, like, Garbage Truck, bro. <sighs> yep, yep, yep. That's funny. Um, so, uh, I wrote here there's this dumb joke early in the movie where they're talking. There's this guy named Neil who, like, fills in for Scott in the band sometimes. And Knives looks to him and she goes, Well, what do you play? And he looks at her and goes, Zelda? What a dumb fucking joke. Why did it make me laugh? <laughs> it's such a dumb fucking joke. Like, he just looks at her and just deadpan goes, Zelda? Like, okay. Um, I wrote I just here, have the Scott image of talks Batman. like I do, and I don't know how to feel about that. Because the way Scott talks to people sounds like how I talk to people, and I don't like that. I, I don't like that. Makes me, oh. uh, makes me feel strange. You don't like relating to your movie protagonist? Come on, bro. I see. Here's the thing. Like, I like relating to a movie. Yeah, I like relating to movie protagonists, but I don't know if I want to relate to Scott. And then I have here uh, two notes. Full stop. This movie's fucking gorgeous. Like the way it's edited, the flips and swipes between scenes. Some of them are like genuinely impressive. Um, Sometimes it's a little bit much. But for the most part, it's it's fucking awesome. It's just fucking amazing the way this movie looks. Like it looks way too good for like just like a like a whatever movie. You know what I mean? Like it's not like a blockbuster or anything. Um, and then also, it's got perfect casting. Every single character is the like the perfect actor playing it. Especially Michael Sierra as Scott and Elizabeth Winstead um, as Ramona. Absolutely perfect casting. Every single character is like dead on. I like them. Uh, great actors. Um, so then I have here, Scott has a dream about Ramona, and the next day he sees her in the library. Hold on, why the fuck is Ramona allowed to rollerblade in the library? <laughs> She's rollerblading in the library. That cannot be, like, that cannot be kosher. Like, you cannot be able, you should not be able to do that. What do you mean? That's not cool shit. 
Imagine just rolling around the library, especially one with stairs. Well, she delivers for she delivers for Amazon on rollerblades. Like That's ridiculous. Like yeah, I mean, imagine imagine if you didn't have to drive everywhere. Imagine how much Amazon would pay you. That is true. Do you think Amazon knows that she can travel interdimensionally? <laughs> she, always, she just grabs no. like the Amazon truck, goes and parks it in like a secluded clearing in the woods, and is just like, all right, well, guess I'll come back here to grab my shit. Oh, I forgot to make a note of this too, but this takes place in Toronto, Canada. Yeah. And they like don't make a big deal about well, it. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, it's just in Canada. And I don't know, I just think it's kind of sweet that it's just like, oh, it's just in Canada. Yeah, we're not going to make a big deal about it. Um, uh, so let's see, uh, uh, next year I have, Scott has a montage, he's at a party now, and he's asking around about Ramona, uh, he has a, he, he has a montage of, like, asking a bunch of people at the party about Ramona, and this, this part, like, made me laugh my ass off, because there's a part where he's talking to this one guy, and he's like, have you seen a girl, her hair looks like this, and he holds up a drawing, and it is literally a black circle with black squiggles on top of it. And the dude looks at it and he goes, "Oh, that's Ramona Flowers." That <laughs> 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 just it just cracked me the fuck up. And also, that dude's name was the G Man, and all I can imagine is the dude from Half Life. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I wrote here next, Scott. It's okay. I wouldn't be able to keep calm around her either. Um. And then right after this, I wrote, Scotty Boy is kind of a sleaze for not just telling knives. Like, just break up with her, dude. It's okay. That's uh, the single thought everybody then, ever watching that movie has had. Exactly. It's just like, come on, Scott, just do it. Like, I know I know it's going to suck, but, like, like, I think, like, this is what you want, right? Like, you just got to take that risk, Scott. Um, sh- oh, here we go. Here's my note. She delivers for Am- Amazon on rollerblades. Okay, what the fuck? Um, I wrote here, Anna Kendricks is phoning in her performance from the set of Pitch Perfect. Uh, Anna Kendricks plays Scott's sister, I believe. I believe it's his younger sister. Um, so Scott and Ramona have like a little first date and it's adorable. Like they go on a walk through the snow or whatever. Um, the, like the two have a lot of chemistry. Uh, I know the knives thing kind of like muddles it. Like at this point he's still with knives. So it's kind of like, oh, you know, Scott's kind of being sleazy, but like, if you kind of just like set that aside for a second and just look at like Scott and Ramona in these scenes, like they're really cute. I think I really like those two together. Uh, right afterwards I wrote, and I have no idea what this is for. Me too, Scott. Me too. I have no idea why I wrote that, but apparently I was agreeing with Scott on whatever the fuck he was doing. Um, <laughs> so. Scott's two girlfriends are at the Battle of Bands. Uh, who else is but a halfway fun? Uh, you know who else is here? A halfway funny emo band joke. Uh, they make an emo band joke. Interesting fact: the lead singer of that emo band is the killer from Scream Four, who all, who his partner in that movie is a different Culkin. So that that dude just keeps appearing in movies with different Culkins. He's like collecting them. <laughs> Uh, the concert gets interrupted by the first evil ex of seven. His name is Matthew Patel. Uh, Matthew Patel apparently sent an email to Scott, which Scott just did not read, saying that he was going to come kick Scott's ass. And I <laughs> thought that was real funny. <laughs> I'm always um, sending emails like that. 
so uh, Ramona explains why she dates him, and when she explains it, it has the OG like comic style, like the comic game game uh, like um, art style. There we go. That's what I was trying to think. Of. It, they look like the game, like characters in the game, or whatever, which I thought was really cute. Uh, Patel has fucking fire powers and demon hipster chicks. And then I just put dot 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 wood. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I just thought it was really bizarre because, like, up to that point in the movie, like, they're not being too outrageous. And then suddenly this dude starts flying and has fire powers. <laughs> um, he's, of, he's of Indian descent and his music has, like, a Bollywood style to it. I would consider that kind of dumb if the song didn't kick so much fucking ass. Uh, uh, Scott wins, by the way. <laughs> uh, Patel, Patel was funny. I liked him. Uh, she Ramona dated him in seventh grade for like a week, and I thought that was funny. He uh, he freaks up. <clears throat> uh, Scott breaks up with knives. I'm sure this will have no consequences. Oh wait, she's gonna kill Ramona. Okay. Um, <laughs> the ne- <laughs> the next ex is Hollywood actor slash skateboarder Lucas Lee, aka Captain Fucking America, Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's just it's straight up it's straight up Chris Evans. I really like that you only refer to him as Chris Evans and not Yep. Yeah. Really yeah, funny. yeah, Lucas Lee. No, he's Chris Evans. Um this has my favorite shot in the movie. So they do an effect where um Scott is fighting uh Chris Evans and it goes to a wide shot and then it starts closing in and when Scott gets close when it gets close to Scott, he notices that the person he was walking towards is no longer Lucas. It's now a stunt double. And then Lucas hits him from behind. It's such a cool effect. Like, they go, like, it's Lucas, wide shot, and when it zooms back in, it's a stunt double, and all like and it looks seamless. It's really fun. I really like the way they do that. Um, the Colkin keeps intersecting into the fight, like, handing Scott weapons or just doing quips. I like that. <laughs> uh, Scott, tricks, Scott tricks him into doing a skate trick that results in him blowing up, so I guess he wins. Go uh, that that knives, is a win. Yeah, it's it. Yeah, he just straight up like blows up. Like Chris Evans just is like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna grind this rail and die." <laughs> like, okay. Um, uh, knives dyes her hair and starts calling Ramona a fat ass. Ramona is like not even like remotely big. Like I don't know what. Like I guess bigger than knives, but knives is a child. Like, okay. Um, so Scott encounters his ex Envy and her new boyfriend, the third ex, Todd Ingram. Uh, Todd bitch slaps the shit out of knives. He literally knocks the dye out of her hair. Yo, that is like bitch slaps her. He more than bitch slaps her. He like he takes her out of commission. Said, "Sit down. Wasn't talking to you." And like, it's not funny for like like, woman violence, violence, but it's like, damn, bro. You really just laid down that smack. Yeah, it's it's wild. Like you just just get the fuck out of here, and just no no hesitation either. Um, Todd has telekinesis because he's vegan, and that cracks me the fuck up too. It's so stupid. Like I I think I wrote it later on, but I'm just like normally I think the whole like vegans think they're better than everyone joke isn't very funny, but the fact that like he literally is because now he's telekinetic just is stupid funny. Um. So, uh, yeah, the battle has a bass playoff, like, they play the bass against each other, um, and it's, it's, uh, fucking awesome. It looks so cool. Uh, the whole battle is fun, visually. The bass battle has, like, this, like, like, 
double, like the scene double effect where like there's like a like a layering effect on it that looks really fucking cool. Um, Scott tricks him into drinking half and half in a cup of coffee. Uh, then the vegan police show up and take his powers, and then Scott beats him. And I wrote, "Sure, go." It's so it's it. so real. D, that's gonna what yeah, the vegan? What? They just bust in like. Also, the dude has a three on his shirt, which, like, who are you, Chance the Rapper? <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, so then after this, this is kind of one of my problems with the movie, is Scott X, Scott's ex, Envy, just kind of disappears from the movie with, like, a kind of weak resolution. Like, bleh. Like, she just kind of disappears. Like, they make her out to be, like, you'd think she's going to be a big deal, but, like, she doesn't really matter. She's just kind of there and gone. Um, so yeah. that was kind of disappointing. I she was only this for all Scott's exes, please. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it really is sad because, like, one, she's she's just there to set up, be like, "Oh no, our exes are dating," and then they just have Scott fight uh, Todd. Uh, Todd be like, "Oh, okay, we'll go with that." And it's it's really sad after yeah, the whole it's... black sheep fucking performance. Like that shit slap. But give me more Brie Larson just singing that music. That is true. That is a great song. A lot of the music in the movie is great. Um, so they do this fun trick where Ramona keeps saying evil exes, not evil ex-boyfriends, because she had a girlfriend. I thought that was creative how she kept correcting him. Um, uh, Ramona, when talking about her one girlfriend, says it was just a phase. I wrote, gross, gross, gross. Uh, I don't like the way they phrase it around her being bisexual being like a weird thing or a bad thing or a phase. I don't like that. Uh, this part of the movie is my least favorite part. Uh, this next part. Uh, uh, so it's Roxy Richter, the lesbian ninja fights Ramona and it's the best fight in the movie. I um, love her. Yeah. It's the best fight in the movie. Like the first part where Ramona's fighting her and she has the big hammer and, and uh, Roxy has the chain. It's fucking awesome. And then in the second part, uh, Scott says that he doesn't want to hit a girl and Ramona puppets him. Like she literally stands behind him and like swings his arms for him because he has to win the fight. I thought that was really, um, I thought that was really cool. Um, okay. So, so here's the bad part. Um, so this is, this is what I'm about to say to you is stupid and, and 100% true. Uh, they beat her by poking her in the back of the knee which causes her to orgasm so hard she blows up. Fuck, I hated that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I wasn't a fan either. Yeah. This is always uh, happening like, to me. Like, oh! like, so, like, add, add explosion sound effects like, right here, Nick. Like, Thank you. It's just like so many things. Like, there's so many things about that where it's just like, okay, one, that's kind of gross and weird. Uh, and two, that's a really weird way to treat like your one girl villain. Really weird way to treat your one girl villain. Yeah, you don't see Scott okay. do that to any of Ramona's ex-boyfriends. If she did, if he did it to one of Ramona's ex-boyfriends, I think it would be funnier. I think that he should have done that to Chris Evans. I just wanted to. <laughs> that would be funny. That Yo, instead funny, of the actually. instead of the shredding into the explosion, he should have just nutted so hard he fucking disappeared from this corporeal plane. <laughs> I will admit, though, I would miss the him skateboarding so hard he blows himself up. That was pretty good scene. Um, uh, I wrote here, Ramona leaves Scott because he's kind of acting like an ass in this scene. He was. He was just kind of being weird about the fact that she's had a lot of exes. 
which is not a bad thing. Um, I think that's kind of Scott was kind of acting shitty. Um, Sex Babam faces off against the fifth and sixth Evil Exes, Kyle and Ken Katayanagi, Katayanagi in a music battle. Uh, I legit don't think anybody ever explains these guys' stories. Like, I don't know when or how or why Ramona dated either of them. I don't think they ever mention it. Uh, the music summons Soundwave monsters, and that shit kicks ass. Uh, Scott wins that fight, by the way. I do love this fight scene. Uh, it, it, it is pretty fucking cool. I just wish I knew, like, who these guys were. Oh, like, even if it was just real quick. If I'm remembering correctly, uh, they were both they they were both dating her like at the same time, but they didn't know that the other was dating her until they figured it out, and they're bitter about that. Um, See, that sounds like it would be interesting too, because now instead of being mad at each other, they're mad at Ramona. It's like right. I don't know. I just think that that would be that would be like even if they just said it real quick. Like I I think that they could have easily said that real quick, and it would have been. Um, yeah, I think that would have been some good characterization for Ramona as well. True, and I think that if you wanted to add that scene, you can cut out the scene where Scott first meets Roxy for no fucking reason, because that scene is really stupid in hindsight, because, like, Roxy appears, tries to kill Scott, and then she goes, I'll be back for you later, and disappears, and Scott doesn't immediately put together that, oh, that's the ex who's, that's the next ex who's trying to kill me, which makes Scott look like a complete idiot. Like, I know it's like, oh, oh, well, she's a girl, but it's like, like, Scott, who else is trying to kill you? Nobody else is trying to kill you, Scott. Yo, the list is actually much larger than you think. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. Sorry, it's just like, okay. It's, it is what it is. Before you go on, D, um, you were saying something. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, oh, yeah, this one group of people, this one specific, like, exact people is trying to assassinate me. I wonder if she, I wonder if she, like, like ran into me at the bus stop or something, and that's why she doesn't like <laughs> Must have spilled coffee on her or something. Um, Can we just so talk Ramona for a moment? Decides to go. I'm what? so sorry, sorry again. Can we just talk about for a moment about how strange this magical contract is? Like it doesn't null out when Ramona breaks up with Scott either. Like he still has to do this, even if they aren't gonna end up together. You're like, what kind of weird magic voodoo type shit is this? That it's just like you are fucking legally magically bound to beat up these seven people because fuck you that's why no he doesn't he doesn't have to do it after he breaks up with her because after he breaks up with her after roxy and he chooses to fight five and six in the battle of the bands um even though ramona doesn't want to be with him because he thinks that beating them will prove that to ramona that he deserves to be with her or whatever so he doesn't I... have to because yeah because that's uh, Gideon's whole goal is to scare them off or make them not want to be with Ramona. Or whatever. Um, speaking of, Ramona decides to go with the seventh ex, Gideon. Uh, he's like the big bad because he got away. He has a way of getting into her head, which is a really raw portrayal of an abusive relationship. Like that was like actually kind of like I was like, holy shit. There's actually like like legitimately like that's like I've heard people say that about like fucked up relationships in their life. I was like, wow, that's. That's kind of deep. I really hope they don't fuck that up. Naturally. We're going to pause. Uh, no, it's fine. Uh, so Scott's band ditches him, uh, and he suits up to face Gideon. 
Uh, Gideon has a collar on Ramona and she is on her knees and he's like petting her like a dog. And I wrote, what the fuck? Yeah, Gideon is weird shit. Yeah, he looks like a fucking Big Bang Theory cast member. Fucking Somebody weirdo. poked the back of his knee, <laughs> quick. Uh, so Scott summons the Sword of Love and nearly defeats Gideon. However, Knives distracts him and Gideon kills Scott. Uh, so in Limbo, Ramona just blows up the entire fucking thing by saying that, like, by in her head, she means a literal mind control device. Oh my fuck. Are you serious? Come on! Why are you gonna be so- that's so fucking lame! You had such a, like, fucking, like, deep thing, and you're just like, no, it's literally just a button. Like, you just have to press the not in love with him anymore button. And it's like, why? It was such a good idea! And, like, it's not like you're afraid of doing these fucking intense themes or anything. Like, come on! It's not that hard. Have her just realize that it's like that Gideon's a fucked up person or something. Cause like he is like, you don't need a mind control device, uh, whatever. It's fucking stupid. Um, that shit really pissed me off. But, um, so Scott realizes that he has to look inward to win. He got, he had a one up by the way. So he got to revive and restart the level. Get it. Uh, and he summons the sword of self-respect, which that, uh, I got to chuck that out. <laughs> um, and he convinces Knives to help him, and they defeat Gideon. Uh, Scott admits that he was like a cheating dick, and the girls realize that he was tr- that he truly is sorry. Uh, they're more forgiving than most. Uh, they are very forgiving towards Scott. Um, yeah, what? Well, why wasn't there another Wombo combo scene right here, but done on Scott? Yeah, they just fucking beat the shit out of Scott. <laughs> <laughs> There's also like. I didn't write it down, but there's then the, then like an evil Scott shows up, and they're like, now Scott has to fight himself, and then it just like hard cuts to outside, and him and evil Scott are just like chatting, and then they just like separate, they just walk away. <laughs> like, what? The, like what? Uh, okay, I, okay, all right. Here's here's my personal little little hypothesis here. A regular Scott is evil Scott. They're the same person. <laughs> They do say he does say that they have a lot in common. <laughs> Which, I I, I kind of think that's supposed to be the gag. Is it like I yeah? I think that might be that might be the gag. Um, Knives finally moves on from Scott, and Scott runs off with Ramona to like kiss and stuff, probably. Um, and then I wrote here. My last note was his band, Envy, his roommate. Uh, we just we just forget those guys. Uh, yeah, fuck okay, those guys. Guess they're guess they're gone. Um, okay, well, that kicked ass. Uh, two thumbs up. And that was, that was Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Uh, Matt Pat that was movie, a movie theory time. Matt Pat movie theory time. Matt Pat, I'm stealing your name and your, your thing. Come at Tyler. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so if Scott managed to win with the Blade of Love, do you think he would have had to actually fight himself? But because he pulled out the Blade of Self-Respect and learned to respect himself just a little bit, enough to admit that he's a cheating douchebag, that's the reason why he got along with his, like, nega self? I don't think he could ever win with the Sword of Love. I don't think he would have ever been able to actually kill Gideon with it. I think he would have kept losing. That's fair. That's what I think. I have to agree. I I, I think that the the like the the theme is supposed to be like doing something just to get a girl isn't ever going to work well. 
But if you do it because it's what you really want to do and you respect yourself, you've got a better chance. I think that's yeah. the, the like message. Yeah, and I think the movie has like a lot of really good like like I like I know a lot of people like there's a lot of debate on the internet about like people are like like I I hear like Ramona Flowers ruined a generation of girls. Stupid. That's stupid. If you argue that you're dumb. Um and then like a lot of like incels and and I could see why. Like a lot of like incels kind of latch to Scott. Uh and I can see why they would, but I don't think that's the movie's fault personally. Like like the way I think about it is like how I think about American Psycho, like it's not the American Psycho's fault that a bunch of idiots are like, oh Norman Bates is totally me, bro. Or whatever that fucking guy's name is. Patrick Bateman, that's what it is. Uh Patrick Bateman's totally me, bro. Like it's not the movie's fault that it's like that. Like that people are shitty like that. And I don't think it's the movie's fault with Scott Pilgrim either. Like, do I think that this, the movie doesn't really punish Scott a whole lot, uh, for some things? Yeah. I think it, I think it's a little forgiving to Scott, but like, they're all Canadian. So I'm not surprised. Uh, <laughs> he does get away with a lot of shit. Where's my yeah, Ramona knives, Scott beat down. Give it to me. Yeah. He, yeah, he does get away with a lot of shit, but I think a lot of people in this movie get away with a lot of shit. Um, Fair. like his gay roommate Macaulay Culkin, uh, he gets away with doing a lot of shit in this movie, uh, like a lot of weird shit and a lot of like fucked up shit <laughs> in the background. Um, so yeah, like I don't, I don't know, like I don't think that I, I don't think it's a bad movie by any stretch. I actually think it was really good. Like the only parts I didn't like were like how they beat Roxy and like the way they kind of fucked up the theme with like the mind control device, which they never fix by the way. Like he never gets rid of that. It's just kind of still on her neck or whatever. I assume it's just turned off now or something. Um, Dude's dead, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, so... Well, he's not dead. I found this out. When they when he kills the evil exes, they don't actually die. They respawn in New York. Oh, yeah, that is true. <laughs> they respawn yeah, so like what, fucking... So, they, so they're not actually dead. Because I was curious, too. I was like, did Scott fucking kill these people? No, they respawn in New York. Which I thought Bro. was funny. I that Bro, alright, so I would talk about the fucking magical contract. Imagine being the fucker that is just like, your whole thing in life is just being this person's ex, and you have to go and fucking beat up or beat down these these other people that this person's interested in, and when you get your ass beat and you die, you just wake up and it's like, oh, well, I guess I gotta do it again. Shit. Yeah, they have well, here's the thing. Passports on them at all times. You ever think about that? <laughs> yeah, that's got to be fucked up. Um, but the thing is, is like, I think the thing is, is not that they they don't like have to do it. They want to because they're all fucking bitter assholes. Like every single one of them is like bitter, like a bitter douchebag. Like like put that Patel guy at the start, he just can't get over Ramona, even though he dated her only like one time in seventh grade. Um. Chris Evans is super full of himself and he thinks that he like deserves Ramona or whatever. Uh, vegan dude just thinks that he's just like, but, like he's above her because he's telekinetic and vegan, I guess. Um, and then like, like each, I don't know about the, the five and six, the, the Ken and Kevin or whatever their names are. Um, uh, Roxy is mad that, uh, Ramona is a, a, f- a fake lesbian, I guess. I don't know. 
it's it's not it's not perfect. All right. And then Gideon's mad because he can't own Ramona. Like like all these people, the only re- they're doing they're not doing this because they have to. They're doing this because they're pieces of shit. Like they're just the- fucking assholes. I'm just imagining like a comedic like one day they wake up and they're like, you know, maybe I should get over get over that girl from seventh grade. Maybe I should be like an adult, mature, get better. And then there's just like some fucking spectral chains that shoot out of a fucking wall somewhere. And it's like, no, go beat up Scott Pilgrim. And they're like, well, I guess I gotta. All right. Fuck. Um, yeah, like, like, how do the <laughs> demon hipster chicks fit into this? <laughs> like, what are they? Are they also like related? Are they just friends of, of Patel? Is he just friends with them? <laughs> the keeper of the magical contract is Gay Macaulay Culkin. Well, G- Gideon started the league, didn't he? But do you know? Do you know where he started the league? Like what he started the league through? No, I don't. Right. WhatsApp. Oh. oh my god, no shit, really? Yeah. Craigslist? That's Craigslist so funny. Is in fact, the enforcer of the magical contract. It's just some dude That's named amazing. Craig, and he has like a really long list of these magical contracts. Oh yeah, it's not actually Craigslist, it's just some dude named Craig. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's yeah, like, Sally must I give John a Game Boy for $50. I'm sorry. I, I, I enjoyed... No, I was just gonna say that I enjoyed me the movie. I, I got a I got a kick out of it. It was pretty funny. I would definitely watch it again. Um, it's not perfect. It has some parts where I'm like, yeah. Um, and I can definitely feel the 2010s coming off of it. Like yeah. it's it's oozing 2010. Um, it's got like it's got like 2010 like like little bit of homophobia, little bit of misogyny, like like it's it's not amazing, but it's better than like. 1962 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's not, it's not perfect. Like, it's definitely gonna have some stuff where you're gonna go, eh. but I think that it's, it's still a fun time. Um, and I guess, uh, I guess I can real quick talk about the fact that I also played the game. Uh, I didn't beat it. I played the first. I played through the first two. I beat the first two X's um, with some friends. My friends did not like playing Scott Pilgrim, so we didn't play it for very long, sadly. Um, but I picked Scott, and my friends picked Wallace, who is uh, gay Macaulay Culkin. Um, and then uh, one picked Ramona, and one picked Knives. Uh, and we played through like the first two levels or whatever. Uh, the game looks looks pretty. It looks really good. I love the way, I love the art style, and it's, it's really like uh, colorful and unique. Um, the gameplay's fun. Uh, my friends didn't like the hit detection, which it was a little wonky, but I didn't think it was too bad. Uh, I had fun with it. Um, and, uh, like, the two X's were pretty fun. And the, I beat Patel and his demon hipster chicks, and then Chris Evans. Uh, Tyler, I would play through this with you. If you, if you wanted yeah. to, like, go the distance, I'd be willing to sit down and play this. I'd also probably yeah, be willing totally to sit should. down and play this. We'll have to we'll have to talk about that because I'd be hundred percent down to do that. Because um, I enjoyed it, I, I I do enjoy. I will say that I am in fact, and and internet is gonna is gonna freak out when I say this. Ready? It's gonna explode all over Twitter, all over X. Scott <laughs> uh, Norton. I like Scott God Pilgrim. Damn. I'm a fan of Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Well, you're I uh, 
I also yeah. en- enjoyed this movie when I saw it. Like, like I said, music also fucking slaps, which, like, good music in anything will, like, just automatically improve it just a little bit for me. But, like... Yeah. I've, I've seen this bleed into... Not necessarily actually bleed into, but it's, like, kind of starts the basis of what I hope to talk about next week. I gotta do some more research! But, like, I've seen a lot of people complain about Scott Pilgrim because of, like, the changes from it, it's the game to the movie or it's the fucking comic to... It's it's, it's something. Movie. Yeah, that one. And, like, it like they, they apparently retconned uh, a handful of things that, that people thought were, were really important. And some people are like, no! Fuck! And then other people are just like, man, fuck that movie. And it's, it seems weird. But I yeah, enjoyed it. Um, you enjoyed it. That's what matters. Yeah, Did he enjoy it? Yeah, that's what I... And I, I think that, like... I, I think it's also refreshing to have a movie or a show or just something that's, like, very based in nerd culture that isn't just throwing references in your face every 15 seconds. Like, like compare Scott Pilgrim to, like, an episode of, like, The Big Bang Theory. Um, like Scott Pilgrim versus the world definitely references things like they'll reference Zelda or whatever and stuff like that. But it's very much like just kind of like nerd culture stuff, like just in, in kind of like general. Whereas like Big Bang Theory, they're like, oh, reference, 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 cameo, or like, uh, like I think of Ready Player One. That's another one where it's just like, here, you see all these things you like. Look at all these things you like. It's some, they're it's all now like, in a dystopia. Think, Have fun. Ex- exactly, and it's just like, oh, I think it's nice to just have like Scott Pope just kind of be like, yeah, it's just kind of there's video game theme stuff in it. It's funny. Um, um, I also like that there are I people think Scott with Pilgrim like. Also, I'm so sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was say I also just like the like the powers being in the world and seemingly is not like this major thing. Like, not everybody with a superpower is like a superhero. Like. There's fucking Chris Evans with his clones, and he's, yeah, sure, he's, he's like a famous movie star, but he's not, like, going out and protecting people. He's beating up random dudes that are dating this girl that he dated once a while ago. There's, like, the, yeah. the, 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 uh, the twins in the music battle. Like, they can, with their music, summon these giant fucking spectral dragons that can affect shit and be all badass. But they're never called upon to go save the country. They're just dudes playing music and having a good time. And it feels a lot more natural, I feel, than like every single superpowered person, big or small superpower, just always being like, all right, bub, you can light up a little bit. Go fight on the front lines. Go get them, son. We're proud of you. It's like, no, no. Yeah, I, um, yeah. I mean, I just agree with that. I'm big fan, big fan. If if I watch this, I feel like if I watch this, uh, you know, like talking about like how people are like like they like it for the wrong reasons. I guess like like how people latch to Scott. It's like if I watched this when I was like in like a freshman in high school, I probably would have been one of those people who were like, yeah, Scott. Scott's a baller. <laughs> but like now I'm just like, oh no. I don't I don't know if I like Scott very much. I just <laughs> like, cringed at uh, Scott. 
Yeah, it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like I can like like I can see some of myself in Scott, like I, like the way Scott is like socially and how he talks, but then like he does stuff like like lying to knives where it's like oh that's that's fucked. Like I would never do that. That's fucked up. Um, but Ramona, like like I don't blame you, Scott. Ramona is quite an attractive woman, and she's allowed to rollerblade in the library. Like who gets to fucking do that? This Nobody is so else. fucking cool. Say that much. Uh, if you're fast enough, they can't stop you. <laughs> she, all I can think of is, she's so cool. <laughs> like, the librarians are like, like, wait, she's rolling, but you should be stopping. Oh, she's so cool. <laughs> Just look at her. She's got coolness she's oozing. So cool. She dyes her hair every, like, oh yeah, I forgot to write that down, but there's a part where, like, she dyes her hair for the first time, and Scott's like, she changes her hair color. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I'm like, Scott, that's baller. Why are you freaking out? That's fucking awesome. Like, also, doesn't she say she, she dyes it like bi-weekly or something like that? Yeah, she says she like, she like, she's like, I change my hair like every other week. And he's just like, oh my god, that means like, like she's like something, something about like, uh, she's impulsive or something. And I'm just like, Scott, like, like, chill out. Her hair looks awesome. Shut up. <laughs> like, stop being a fucking weirdo. Fucking dumbass. Ooh. Don't fumble the bag, Scott. Don't fumble the bag, Scott. Uh, Scott Pilgrim is only below Mordecai from regular show. In <laughs> I truly mean that. Yeah, but wouldn't you put him above Mordecai? Because he does get the girl at the end. Mordecai. No, Mordecai, Mordecai does Mordecai is better at fumbling. I... Oh, he's better at fumbling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I'd agree with that. I think uh I think Scott is lucky that he had the ability to kill an abusive ex and legally kill an abusive ex in front of Ramona, or else he probably would not have been in the uh, probably would not have uh gotten away with his shit. Um, so yeah, Scott Pilgrim, what a what a thing! All right, folks, does it seem like it's time for a government love break? Alright, welcome back, gamers. Welcome back. Welcome back, gamers. Attention um, gamers. Yeah, attention gamers. I need the funny three numbers on the back of your credit card. No, uh, I actually do want to say something real quick that I actually forgot to mention with the topic before we start with uh, D's topic. Uh, one of the reasons why I was uh, curious about Scott Pilgrim is uh, Ramona Flowers is referenced in a song by uh, my favorite musician, uh, Addison Grace. Uh, you should check out his music on Spotify which if you're listening to this on Spotify, just search uh, his name. Uh, absolutely amazing stuff. Uh, and I really just wanted to, to shout him out because uh, I think that he deserves more of a spotlight than he has. Yeah, that's just what I, I just wanted to give a little shout out to him uh, before we get into D's topic. D, why don't you tell us what you, what you got to talk about today? Okay, well, first off, uh, I want to start by telling you a little story. Uh, this morning, in the car, uh, I, I was carpooling with my mom, my avid listener, uh, and we got into an argument about whether or not the Sesame Street characters were considered Muppets. I said no. She said yes. And I said, it's just because Jim Henson creates a puppet, uh, 
they're a Muppet, that means that all the little freaky guys from Labyrinth that hang out with David Bowie are all Muppets. Well. Uh, and that's a weird thing to have to wrap your head around. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, alright, let's solve this once and for all. And I tried to look up official Muppets list, and uh, I had I had a I had a finger slip, and I typed in official Muppets lust, which is wait my shit just cut out. What what did you say? I said uh, I, my finger slipped, and instead of typing in official Muppets list, I typed in official Muppets lust. Oh no. <laughs> No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Don't image search that. <laughs> Don't bing it. Don't bing it. <laughs> uh, but I, I eventually did pull up the list of official Muppets, uh, and I looked through the entire list, and I even looked at like minor characters, and then like the real minor characters, and let me tell you what. Some of these characters are insane. Um, and so I would like to uh, I'd like to play a little game. Uh, oh, call yeah! Me, call me Jigsaw. Because I'd like oh, to play no! <laughs> you have to put uh, your head in a reverse bear trap. Is this a moment? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, b- basically, it's find the fake Muppet. Figure we'll do ten rounds. Uh, we'll do one round where there's one real Muppet, and then two rounds with two real Muppets, three rounds with three, and like it'll go up, and then we'll do four with four. Uh, and uh, it'll be it'll be a nice little game. All right, I I dig it. Are we ready? I'm oh, ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm gonna get these just like to, I got the to, wrestling game. Do we have, do we have to find the real one or find the fake one? You, you're gonna find the fake. I find the fake one. Right. Uh, are we? Uh, are we all? Are we all ready? We all, do we have I'm ready. Idea? All right. Here we go. Round one. Robin the Frog, or Curtis the Frog. Oh shit! That, those are both. I believe both of those. Curtis is fake. I'm gonna say Robin is fake. Are right, those your final answer? Final. Final answer. Curtis is in fact the fake. I remember Robin, Robin Robin the Frog. Isn't he like isn't he a distant relation to Kermit? He's his nephew, I think. Oh so my like, god. I thought Curtis would be I thought Curtis would be the name of like Kermit's like brother or something, because it sounds like a like a hillbilly name. Because they're you know they're from a swamp. Uh, Jim Henson, if you're listening, how? Uh, all right, round two. Okay. All right, round two, part A. So here, here we go. Uh, Jimbo the Shrimp, Lou Zealand, or Link Hogthrob. Hold on a fucking minute. Can I get those names again? Oh, sure. thank God you asked. I was gonna ask too, but I was afraid. <laughs> uh, Jimbo the Shrimp, Lou Zealand. Or Link Hogthrob. Link Hogthrob has got to be the fake one. The first one. You think Jimbo the Shrimp is fake? 
Yes, Jimbo the Shrimp is fake. Tyler thinks it's Link Hogthrob. Let me tell you what, Tyler, uh, Link Hogthrob is real. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. There's a Muppet named Hogthrob? Did nobody think? <laughs> there is a Muppet named Hogthrob. He doesn't wear pants. <laughs> I'm Googling this. Hold on a minute. I'm calling the what police right now. His boop, 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 boop. Link Hogthrob. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's the fucking pigs in space guy. Pigs in space. Oh, it's like Heartthrob, but he's a... Oh my fucking god. Yeah, yep. Uh-huh. Yep. What's the fake one? The fake one is Jimbo the Shrimp. Nick, you were right. No fucking way. Let's I fucking go. I knew it go. wasn't New Zealand, because that's such a stupid name. Nobody could come up with that off the top of their head. I knew that one was real. Fuck, man. Nick is so good at these games. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Alright, uh, are you ready uh, for round two, yeah. part B? I'm ready. Yeah. Okay, ready? Bill? Bill the bubble guy, or Bill the shoe man? Bill the bubble guy. I'm gonna say Bill the shoe man. Are those your final answers? Locking in, yeah. final answer. Bill the shoe man is in fact fake. Oh shit! Yeah! There are two separate characters. One is named Bill, and one is named Bill the bubble guy. Well, yeah, you have to tell them apart. At the office party. <laughs> I gotta know what Bill the Bubble Guy looks like. Hold on, Bill the Bubble Guy. <laughs> he looks like a fucking dweeb. <laughs> he looks like a fucking dork. It's so good. <laughs> oh, fuck, this guy is really funny looking. That's funny. Alright, we're ready for, for, uh, for the third major section here? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, alright. So this is round three, part A, we'll call it. Gil, Jill, Lil, or Gorgon Heap? <laughs> Gil. <laughs> Gorgon Heap? Gorgon Heap. Can I get those first three again? Gil, Jill, Lil, and Gorgon Heap. See, I, I want to say Lil, but like that sounds. I'm gonna go with Lil. I think. I'm go. I'm going with Gil yeah. because Gorgon Heap has got to be real. Okay. Lil is in fact fake. Fuck. Yes. Oh, we're tied now. Oh shit. Getting back in it. Okay. Round three. Part so that eight. means Gorgon Heap is real. Gorgon Heap is in fact real. I knew it. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. Dude, did does Jim Henson just did he just sit in a room with just like <laughs> like a dartboard of words and he just hits it with a dart and is like, "Yep, that's the new Muppet." If you looked at Gorgon Heap, you'd, you'd look him. You'd look at him and go, "Yep, his name is Gorgon Heap." I'm looking it up right now. Hold on, Gorgon Heap. Oh my god. Oh my fucking god. Yeah. His name is yep. Gorgon Heap. I, I cannot Heap. deny that. He's like a purple 
He looks like a fucking deflated Grimace. <laughs> yeah, Grimace goes on a diet. Yeah, no, he definitely looks like, yep, he's, he's definitely Gorgon Heat. I'm seeing several pictures of him eating other people. Yeah, he does that. He does that. <laughs> oh <What>? no! <laughs> oh no! I hate how he says that. D. I hate that you said it like that. Why would you have to be like, "Yup, he's into that. He's into boar." Just like so matter of factly too. It's almost <laughs> disturbing. Gorgon Heap. Gorgon Heap is into boar. Put write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Hold on. Get into the quote section now. We're in the quotes. Do we want to? Do we want to move on to the next round? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. The newsman, '80s robot, napkins or gaffer? Okay, I know one of these is real. I'm not gonna say which one it is. <clears throat> I also know that at least one of these is real, but I feel like I remember some others. We're gonna say napkin. What okay. were the other? So say them again. The newsman, '80s robot, napkin, or gaffer. I'm also gonna go with napkin. Two for napkin. Are those your final answers? Napkin is in fact fake. Oh, okay. Thank God. I was <laughs> I was like second guessing myself there at the end. I was like, man, would they really have made a uh a, a Muppet named '80s robot? The yeah. one I knew was Gaffer. I knew Gaffer was real. I also knew Gaffer, and I knew the newsman. I was like, yes, this is real. <clears throat> yeah, that sounds like it would be a Muppet. I'm not surprised. For some right. reason, when I think of Gaffer, though, I have Scooter in my head. and Scooter's a different Muppet. Yeah, uh, although they have, they have like similar vibes, I feel. Well, yeah, I think that because they both like work on they work on the show or whatever. Right, yeah. Because he's a gaffer, like, that's the, that's the... Yeah, that's the gag. Yeah. Alright, are we, uh, are we ready? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Femme, Butch, Mean Mama, or Bean Bunny? Wait, say again, was it Butch, hey. Bean Mama, and Bean Bunny? It's, uh, it's Femme, uh, Butch, Mean Mama, or Bean Bunny. Oh, uh, okay. I'm gonna say Femme. I'm gonna say Bean Bunny. That's not real. Are those your, are those your final answers? <laughs> yeah. That's the lock locking in. Okay. Femme is in fact fake. Oh. Yeah, boy! Duh. Oh. I, I can't believe this. Uh, yeah. Mean Mama is such a good name. <laughs> mean Mama's great. I love Mean Mama. That's so good. I don't like the fact that there's a Muppet named Bean Bunny, though. You don't like that? I don't like that. There's a Muppet a named Butch. <laughs> it's one of those funnier in hindsight kind of things. Like, at the time, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just a name. But then you look back and you're like, oh, wow, that's actually really funny. <laughs> Like, Bush takes the place of Bean Bunny by being part of Bush's Baked Beans. Oh, no, no, it's not Bush. It's Butch. Oh. Yeah, B-U-T-C-H. I 
was swearing. Bushy's I heard beams. Bush. Butch's Butch's baked beans. You buy your beans from Butch? (laughs) Some dude selling beans out of the back of his Jeep. (laughs) (laughs) They're not in cans or anything either. They're on like a plate. It's just like (laughs) the entire floor of his Jeep is coated in beans, covered in them. (laughs) They are the beans from like the baked beans though, so he just opened cans, dumped it out on the floor. He, he just takes a big scoop and hands it to you. No bowl he puts it into your hands. No bowl and they're cold and not great. Oh shit. Holy shit. Uh, next round. Next round. Alright, now we're moving up to four rounds with four rail lines. Okay. Ready? Yep. Yolanda Rat, Bubba Rat. Timble Rat, Chester Rat, or Masterson D Rat? Say that last one again? Holy fuck. Masterson the Rat. Oh, okay. I was like, Masterson the Rat? What? Just a, is it <laughs> just fucking Chuck E. Cheese? Is it just fucking Chuck E. Cheese? A, thin, a synth rat? It's fucking Fallout, run, run but Muppets? Run those names by me one more time. So the names are Yolanda Rat, Bubba Rat, Thimble Rat, Chester Rat, and Masterson the Rat. The third one is what? Thimble Rat? Thimble. You like Timbo? One more time, word. Yeah, it's, uh, it's oh, Timbo. Tim- oh, Timble. 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 Oh. Okay, okay, that's what I- Okay, I'm gonna say that one's a fake one. Yolanda. That's your answer? <laughs> I'm gonna lock in. Yeah. Timble, hesitantly. He's in fact fake. Timble is fake. Oh no! Yeah. No! I'm losing one. I'm a Muppet connoisseur. No! Hit me up, Jim Henson. Ooh, actually, wait, never mind. Hit <laughs> <laughs> a Muppet creator actually, class. Actually, if Jim Henson does in fact hit me up, I'm gonna call someone because that's a problem. <laughs> call uh, call Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray. And oh Aykroyd. yeah. Call Dan Aykroyd and Bill Murray and see if they can find uh Alright, are we ready? I'm ready. Yep. Yep. Okay. These next ones are all like uh like groups or duos or like trios. Uh so they're all they're all like together. Ready? Alright. Wayne and Wanda, Dirty Mike and the Gang, Old Tom, Real Old Tom, and Dead Tom, the Mutations, or the Moop. The second one is is fucking animal band, isn't it? I swear. Tell me if I'm right afterwards. The Muppets is definitely real. Okay. Right. I'm gonna say <clears throat> the mutations. You think the mutations is is fake? Yeah, can I'm gonna say that that one's fake. Can I have the names one more time? Sure. Uh, Wayne and Wanda, Dirty Mike and the Gang, Old Tom, Real Old Tom, and Dead Tom, The Mutations, <laughs> and the Movies. Wayne and Wanda are fake. Are those Tom, your final answers? Old Tom. Real the way you said that makes me feel yeah. like we're both wrong, but it's my it's my final answer. I'm gonna go with my final answer, too. 
You are, in fact, both wrong. Dirty Mike and the gang is fake. Oh shit, that wasn't Animals Gang? That wasn't Animals Band? No, the an Animals Band is Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Oh. <clears throat> okay, the the Tom one, I have, like, I, I, I'm so happy that's real. Because, like, oh, yeah. it's like, what, Tom, Old Tom, Real Old Tom, and Dead Tom. Yeah. It's so good. I love it. I think it's really funny. Damn, I couldn't even start to catch up there. So far behind. I'm so sorry, Nick. We have two more rounds to get through. Oh, no! I'm gonna do lose. You want, me, you want me to make the, the last one like a double or nothing? You want an opportunity? I don't know if that's gonna save me, but I'll fucking take it. I'll take it, bro. Okay. Are we ready? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alright. Huggle Wugga, Foo Foo, Iggy Wiggy, Pooba Tuba or Joe the Legal Weasel? <laughs> that one's a red herring. That one's a red herring. That one's real. <laughs> Joe the Legal Weasel. <laughs> give give us the Ubas again. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Hugga Wugga, Iggy Wiggy, Pooba Tuba, or Joe the Legal Weasel. I'm gonna say the tuba one is fake. I'm gonna go with foo foo. Cause Joe the Legal Weasel is 100% a red herring meant to throw us off. <laughs> I really hope that one's real. <laughs> Joe the Legal Weasel is in fact real. Okay, thank god. Yeah! <laughs> tuba is fake. Fuck! Yes! No! <laughs> Joe the Legal Weasel. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, it's legit a fucking weasel with a suit on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> the, the Legal Weasel. <laughs> That's oh, wild. Shit. That's fucking wild, man. Holy shit, that's funny. Damn. Oh, all right, we got one more. Uh, we got one more. Alrighty. Are we ready? I'm not I'm ready. Born ready. I'm gonna lose. No. All right, okay. I'm ready. Here we go. Hibble pup, Baskerville the hound, Mister Poodle Pan, Afghan hound, or Doctor Phil Van Neuter. Yo, I remember Dr. Phil Van Neuter, I swear. Unless it's fake, not a red herring. And then I'm just wrong and making up memories. Okay, one more time, the names. Pibble Pup, Baskerville the Hound, Mr. Poodle Pan, Afghan Hound, or Dr. Phil Van Neuter. Afghan Hound. That can't be real, can I'm gonna it? Say I'm gonna say Poodle Pants. Was your final answer. Don't like the way yeah. you said that, but it is, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll start with uh, Dr. Phil Van Neuter is real. Thank God. Yes! I do remember him. Baskerville the Hound uh, is, in fact, also real. I knew Baskerville the Hound was real. I just knew it. 
Nick, I'm sorry, but Afghan Hound is real. No, that can't be. I'm not even upset about losing. That can't be real. You're, real. you're lying to me, I, I swear. I almost picked that one, too. <laughs> Mr. Poodle Pants is also real. Oh, Holy God. fuck. I'm still gonna lose, Give but not as bad. Fuck, fuck, man. Fuck, you, you got me I'm good. I'm so glad. Listen, I'm just happy that uh, the legal weasel... <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking... Like, what a bizarre group of characters you just sprung on me. <laughs> like, what the fuck is Poodle Pants? Let's Google that. He's a fashion designer. Yeah, that sounds about right. What the Apparently, fuck is Poodle Pants is a cut of jean. Apparently, Poodle Pant is like a is like a pants cut. Apparently, according to Google, at least. Huh. Oh wow, that is certainly a Muppet. What the fuck is this? <laughs> oh wow, that there's is a certainly like, a Muppet. There's a lot of like tube-looking things coming off. That's certainly a that's certainly a Muppet. Did Jim Henson just make all these in like his garage? I think he just liked to like Oh wow. I didn't get bothered looking up Mr. Poodle Pants. I don't like looking at him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like they like Baskerville the Hound. Like, what did he, he read a Sherlock Holmes book once and was like, ask her. Yeah, I'm uh, assuming it was like, it, it was like a reference to Hound Baskerville. Yeah, so it's just like, Jim Henson read a, uh, like a Sherlock Holmes book once and he was like, honey, I'm going to the garage. I will not come out until I have Baskerville the Hound. <laughs> will not come out until I have a, oh my god, wait, hold on. It's his. His name. I'll not come out until I have Gorgon Heap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not coming out until I have a puppet that's in the war. No. Can you imagine like like you're you're married to Jim Henson, right? And he's just like, honey, I'm going into the garage. And you're like, oh, when will you be? It's like, listen, honey, I'm not coming out of this garage until I have Gorgon Heap. And then he closes <laughs> the door. And you're just like, what the fuck is Gorgon Heap? And why is he in the war? <laughs> 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 Jim Henson was on the internet a little too much that day. <laughs> uh, would you Dude, guys like that's... to know what your totals were? Yeah, I'm down. I don't want to know. I know what it is. I'm scared. Uh, Nick, I'm so sorry. You scored three points. <laughs> oh, that's actually one more point than I thought I got. Yeah, you uh, you came in. Uh, second place. So, like, <laughs> Yo, I'm so good. <laughs> it's a silver medal, yeah, yeah. Uh, Tyler, you came out with six points. Yeah! I'm the king of Muppets. King of Muppets. <laughs> I'm the king Until of background Muppets. we do this game Muppets. show again, because there are so many, like, <laughs> like background Muppets. It's It's unbelievable. The list is unbelievably long. It's way longer than you think it is. You think, like... So you know how, like, Make-A-Wish will, like, grant a kid's wish? You think any kid was like, 
my wish is I want to see Gorgon eat <laughs> before I die. No, I don't I think anybody Gorgon wants eat. to see Gorgon eat before they die. <laughs> I don't even think the other Muppets, like the puppeteers, want to see Gorgon eat. <laughs> like, he's sitting in a closet somewhere, and every time they open the closet, they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Fucking Gorgon eat. <laughs> God, fuck, I forget. Somebody needs to just fucking get rid of this guy. And the best part is, is he's not like a creative Muppet like the Munch Muppet was. So I bet you he does still exist somewhere. Probably. Because <clears throat> I don't think he's, st- he's used anymore. Because I didn't see any like recent pictures of Gorgon Heap. So I'd have to assume that Gorgon Heap is currently sitting in a basement or garage somewhere. Uh, in all his... <laughs> Voring glory. I'm just picturing. Oh my god, here is a gif of him throating a dude. What the fuck? He's just one throwing <laughs> some dude. Like next to him, he just puts his whole body in his mouth. What the uh, fuck? I, I, when, listen, when you said Gorgon Heap is probably in like somebody's basement or something somewhere, my first thought was like, what if you walk down into somebody's basement and then like there, there's a huge cross and Gorgon Heap is up on the cross instead of Christ? I wish I wish I could I wish I could send gifts on Discord. Wait, let me see if Discord will let me send this gift. Hold on. Yes, yes. This is the gift I saw. This is it's Gorgon. Just fucking. He's just like, he's just like, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, 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 yep. yep. Oh, a- that, that silly Gorgon <laughs> eating my friend. <laughs> eating that, that other puppet who will never be seen again. <laughs> Gorgon Heat, brother. <laughs> Gorgon Heat, brother. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something, brother. Gorgon Heat. His debut was in 1975. It has a list of who performed as him. Frank Oz, apparently. Yeah, yes. Notable puppeteer, Frank Oz. He's appeared in some books. And he appears in the Muppet movie, which I think is the most recent thing he was in. Which yeah, what he, uh, yeah, he he appears in some books. Like they they didn't write him in; he just shows up in the book. <laughs> <laughs> you open it up, and Gorgon he just comes flying out, eating you. <laughs> all right, all right. So, question deep: You started this whole yeah. game by saying. That Sesame Street characters are not Muppets. What do you have to say about Big Bird being in the original Muppets movie? Uh, I believe that there's crossover, but 
that doesn't necessarily make them a Muppet. Question, what about Munch what Muppet? We love Munch Muppet here, but he only appears on Sesame Street. Does that make him less of a Muppet? I wouldn't include him with, like, the main cast this, of Muppets. This sounds like Muppet racism. Muppet <laughs> racism? Yeah, why, why, is it, why isn't is Elmo allowed to be a Muppet? Why isn't Mu- Elmo allowed to be a Muppet? What? So you're gonna put all the you're gonna put all the non Muppets on one street? That's fucked up, bro. <laughs> I didn't say that. Didn't you're just gonna put that. all of them on the. You're just gonna put all these non Muppets on an on I a just street. Don't think, just I just weird. don't think that the Sesame Street cast should play the race card. You know what the Muppets have been through. That's not right. Wow! 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 That's fucked up. That's fucked up. That's messed up, bro. Yo, I have a you know seat. Big Bird I... almost blew up in the Challenger. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I know that sounds really out of left field, but that's it's funny. <laughs> Guys, are we ready to end the episode? I got pizza to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick, what were you gonna say before I talked about Big Bird dying? Fuck. Oh, I was just gonna say I don't remember the Sesame Street cast ever plotting to steal the crown jewels of England. That is true. They have committed uh, like a exuberant amount of less felonies compared to the Muppets. The Muppets have have kidnapped Jack Black. Yeah, but haven't we all done that once or twice? Uh, Kermit is somehow the cause of nine eleven, according to Muppets canon. <laughs> uh, so have we ever covered that see... like on air? Yeah, yeah, we, we did. That was I, it was it. last week, I think. It was last week when we were talking about Muppet, like replacing movies with Muppets, because you were talking about the Nicolas Cage nine eleven movie. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, but like, so, so the way I see it, uh, the Sesame Street puppets are are much less of a danger to society. They're not as they're not Kermit criminals. The frog in his home. <laughs> they're they're actually Kermit has an international criminal doppelganger. Yes, yes he does. Didn't he also like Russian Kermit? Yeah, I was gonna say, didn't he also get put in the fucking gulag? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot he was in a gulag. <laughs> Could you imagine you get thrown in a fucking gulag and your the fucking guy next to you is Kermit the Frog? <laughs> just, just what the. This is always happening you to me. <laughs> you don't know the things that he went through in there. Well, folks, what lords, ladies, my lieges. What? What? That word wasn't in the Bible. <laughs> I'll leave you to ponder which Nick, one. Please end the episode. <laughs> All right. The episode. Lords, ladies, my lieges, we're going to end it. Have a great night, everybody. We've been Government Love Bot, and don't forget to polish us. What? <laughs> I don't like this new ending. <laughs> don't forget to polish your Government Love Bot. That's what he means. Don't forget to polish your Government Love Bot. Okay, goodbye. End the episode, Nick. <laughs> goodbye. Good night, everybody. Ha ha ha.